Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world and how to save money through things like house sitting and uh, you know uh, uh, blogging, budget travel, etc. So on today's episode, we have the fortune and the pleasure of interviewing Andrew and Christopher, who are actually from Australia, but they're currently in Palm Springs, California. And uh, we're going to interview them all about their travels around the world, about house-sitting, how they're making money online, some of their favorite places. And you're one of the first to hear this, but they have an amazing platform just for house-sitting for the uh, gay and lesbian community. So stand by and stay tuned for that one. So Andrew and Christopher, uh, why don't we get to know you a little bit better if you want to do a quick introduction. Who are you guys and a little bit more about your background? Okay, so... Um... I'm Andrew, and this is Christopher. Uh, we're originally from Sydney, Australia. Uh, we've been travelling full time for the last um, since May 2016. Um, prior to that, we used to do one major, um, big international trip a year for about a month or six weeks at a time. Um, but since May last year, we've sort of discovered the house sitting lifestyle, and are now full time house sitters travelling the world doing that. So it's pretty good. Christopher, um, I have a marketing background. Um, I have existing clients still in Sydney that I look after while we're on the road. Um, and I've actually picked up some more clients along the way through the house sitting that we've been doing over the past 18 months. Well, definitely a pleasure and a joy to have you guys on the show. I would love to start off with uh, learning some of your travel so far. Uh, so you guys are from Australia. Tell us about some of the different uh, countries and continents you visited on uh, previous trips, but especially on this trip. Um, on our previous trips to house sitting, we've traveled a lot around Asia through India, Laos, Sri Lanka. Um, we've also spent uh, five months in New Zealand last year that was purely house sitting. Um, we did originally have the intention that we were going to move to New Zealand. But after doing house sitting for a couple of months, we thought, well, why do we have to put down our roots here? Why can't we just keep traveling? The, the lifestyle that we have now with house sitting allows us to work anywhere in the world. So we thought, why not take advantage of it? So, and we're currently in Palm Springs, as you said, and then after that, we're going to Pennsylvania. Um, and then we go to Mexico for six weeks to a couple of months. So, uh, and then who knows where. Sounds amazing. So any particular highlights in, term of, uh, in terms of a city that really stood out or a country? I mean, obviously you mentioned New Zealand, uh, but anything's re any uh, experiences that have really left a lasting impression on your hearts and souls? Mm. Um, I guess one country that we will go back to is India. We've been there twice already. Um, the first time we were there, I think after we'd been there a month, we thought we'd never need to go back there. But within two years, we were back there for another month. And um, I'm actually studying to be a yoga teacher at the moment as well. So um, I'll eventually go back to India and study at the Iyengar Yoga Institute in Pune. And my background is actually Indian. I'm born and raised in Vancouver, BC, Canada, but I'm Indian ethnicity. I actually traveled quite extensively in India. I did an ethnic soul searching journey, traveled about eight months across uh, India, pretty much every state, with the exception of Northeast in India. So, yeah, uh, big thumbs up for India. Amazing country, full of diversity, 
full of amazing people and culture. So uh, you guys are in uh, Palm Springs, and uh, uh, you're going to be house-sitting in Mexico, Pennsylvania, etc. So uh, tell us a little bit about the house-sitting experience. Maybe take us back, trace us back to the very beginning. What was your first ever house-sit? And uh, walk us through some of the other house-sits from that first house-sit onwards to now. Um, the first house-sit that we did was in Christchurch in New Zealand. Um, this actually was one of the places that we were considering moving to from Australia. And um, as you probably be aware, there was a major earthquake there about five years ago, which pretty well destroyed the city. And the city's been rebuilt, but it's not been rebuilt at a pace that most people are happy with. So even when we saw it, we expected the city to be further along, progressed with rebuilding. So that I think also planted a seed for us that maybe Christchurch isn't the right place for us to move at this time. Um, but our first house sit there, we were just looking after three chickens. And these were probably the most pampered chickens I've ever had any experience with before. But it was a great introduction to house sitting. And um, from that point on, having secured that house sit, we actually picked up a lot more in New Zealand while we were there. So uh, where all have you done house sitting? So you uh, done in New Zealand, the US, uh, uh, how many houses have you done? And tell us maybe about some of the experiences on your houses, anything really stand out in terms of the, the mansions or in terms of the animals, like the three chickens or in terms of the experiences? Walk us through some of those stories. Yeah, well, it's all very varied and we, it's amazing. When we first started, we didn't realize the, um, how much house sitting work there is out there. And we've picked up even just through some simple Facebook ads on our own Facebook profiles. We've picked up some um, house sits as well through friends and family. Um, and we've stayed in some pretty luxurious spaces. Not that we actively seek those out, but if they come across our path and we're more than happy to... Uh, to take them. We've just finished a couple of months in um, the northern beaches of Sydney where we didn't have any pets. It was just looking after a house. Um, we house sat for a month in Darwin in November, which was extremely hot um, and very humid. Um, had two wonderful months in Mount Tambourine in um, Queensland in Australia. Um, and we've also been offered, but haven't been able to do house sits in the Netherlands, Italy, um, so basically the world is our oyster with house sitting and we're sort of putting everything on the, on the agenda for when a house sit may come up. So we've had some wonderful pets, um, dogs, cats and chickens so far. Um, that's all that's been offered. I mean, I know some people have snakes and spiders and rats and that sort of thing to look after. We haven't had that as yet. Um, and I originally grew up on a farm, so farm house sits could be a possibility. I'd have to uh, brush up on my farm animal skills, but um, it's, it's all a potential, I guess. I think also too, one of the house sits we did in New Zealand in Palmerston North, we were there house sitting for 32 days. And out of the 32 days, it rained for 28 days. And that, that particular dog, we had to walk twice a day, rain, hail or shine. So it was probably the most soggiest house sit we've ever done. <laughs> 
Um, so I'm curious, uh, what are the different sites you guys are using for your actually house sits? Uh, do you use just one platform? Are you using multiple platforms? Uh, tell us a little bit more about the different uh, platforms you use to get the house sits. Yeah, so we first started using a site called Kiwi House Sitters because that's focused particularly on New Zealand um, and then discovered that they have a sister company um, called Aussie House Sitters. Um, and they also have House Sitters America and House Sitters UK and now House Sitters Canada. So they're all the same company. You do have to join the, the various platforms, but they're all managed in exactly the same way. We find that interface is really easy to use. Um, you can sort of share references and that sort of thing. We've also joined House Carers looking for sits in um, America. And it's international, really, House Carers. And we've also a member of multiple Facebook groups, particularly focused on house sitting, and often we'll um, pick up sits through there as well. So it's sort of a, a smorgasbord of house sitting platforms and groups and that sort of thing. So, and you really never know where your next sit's going to come from. So it's important to sort of be engaged in that community as much as you can. So uh, what tips and advice would you give to someone who's thinking of getting into house sitting? Uh, like we're actually considering that as well. We haven't done it yet. Uh, we signed up for a few sites, but haven't really been proactive. Um, since you've been doing it for a while and done it in several different cities and countries so far, uh, what advice would you give someone who's maybe aspiring to be a house sitter, who's brand new, who doesn't know where to start? I think the number one thing that has secured us house sits is having a profile that really gives the potential homeowner a picture of who you are and what you do, the type of person you are in, in the community. Um, and generally, like we would ask people, why did you choose us? Because quite often, rather than us apply for house sits, we've been approached directly by people. And they, the number one reason why is, was our profile, how we presented it and, um, we take a, a professional approach to setting up our profile. Um, we show a lot of pictures about our travels over a period of time. It shows the longevity of our relationship as well as giving people confidence that they can hand over their home to a total stranger. And hopefully our profile doesn't make us that much of a stranger anymore. And I think the other thing too is references. So we're sort of collecting references and make sure that we ask all the house, house homeowners that we sit for for a reference. And prior to starting, we got two personal references from friends that had seen us interact with their pets and also had been to our home and seen how we cared for our home. Um, so, yeah, for new people getting into house sitting, uh, don't think that you can't have references because you can get, you know, employee ref employer references or personal references. Um, just to sort of get, give people a bit more of an indication of what um, the type of people you are and what you see important as, as important. The other thing too is you should go into house sitting as not seeing it as purely as a free accommodation. Um, we tend to take it much more from the opinion of we're offering a service. So in order to allow the people to have a, a great holiday, stress-free vacation or whatever, we're there to do a job and that is to look after the pets and home. So we take that seriously and that's our first and foremost responsibility. And then if we get the chance to play tourist in the same city, which we always do, 
um, that's a bonus, but um, it's a it's a a job of service, really. That's a great uh, perspective on it. So it's not just looking for a free stay. Like uh, this is a, typically the thing that happens with things like couch surfing, a free couch to stay on, a free room to stay on, instead of an exchange, an interaction between trading cultures. And uh, obviously with you guys, you're looking after home, you're looking after pets. So you're actually working for free technically. You're not just getting a place for free. So it's a barter, an exchange of service for service or service for home. So, uh, Andrew and Christopher, I'm curious to know about uh, your new project. Uh, you're actually going to change the house-sitting game forever by your new company. Uh, walk us through uh, uh, the company. Tell us about the idea, firstly, and uh, who came up with the idea, and how have you taken the idea and uh, implemented it? Um, it came, the idea came about after we had done our first five house-sitting jobs. And the reason was that unbeknownst to us about the people that approached us, three out of the first five couples were gay and lesbian couples. And we asked again, apart from our profile, why was it that they chose us? And they said, having a gay couple come into their home, they felt more comfortable that they didn't have to de-gayify their house or whatever if there were other people coming into it. So they just felt more relaxed and more comfortable. They knew that um, we would appreciate looking after their home. And that sort of born the idea that there could be a market out there because as far as we're concerned, there is no other house sitting platform in the world that specifically covers for gay and lesbian um, households. Um, and we're planning not to restrict it just to gay and lesbian members. If there's straight couples that want to do that as well, they're most welcome to join up. But it is there to give a more niche market to the house sitting community than what's currently available. The other thing too, we've um, just in our own research, like um, gay and lesbian couples or gay and lesbian people tend to travel because um, they have the resources to do that. And most will have um, pets um, if they don't have their own children as well. So they need to be looked after. So, um, yes, it was just, it just seemed to be happening that every sort of second house that we were getting was catering to that community. So we thought, well, let's create the platform for that. So, so rainbow house sitters was born. I love it. I love it. Uh, what a great name for a site as well. Rainbow house sitters. So, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you need to make it a reality now at the time of this uh, interview. It's uh, early September and uh, what are the last steps you need to do before it launches publicly to the whole world? Yep. So the site is live now. The platform hasn't been launched just yet. So um, one of the things that I do on the road is software development. Um, so I have a development team that I work with um, basically all around the world. Um, so yes, we're in the final stages of developing that and working with them to fine tune and iron out any bugs and start testing and that sort of thing. So we're hoping that by the end of this year, definitely that it will be up and running and people can, uh, can sign up and join, join and start finding great house sits and also, um, putting up house sits for house sitters to, to apply for. Awesome. Uh, so one of the other areas we cover on the show is, uh, making income. Uh, so obviously you're saving income by house sitting, 
but you still need to make income to pay the bill, uh, the actual, uh, you know, if there are any bills, and also to uh, food and sightseeing and transport between cities and countries. So uh, you mentioned your software development, marketing. Uh, what are all the different ways that you guys are funding your travels around the world so far? Um, it could be anything from building websites for clients, um, setting up social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Um, uh, I also do photography, so have uh, images up on the stock photography sites as well. And we've got else? an apartment in Sydney that we rented out, um, so that's bringing in income as well. Um, so yeah, basically any sort of um, once I become a yoga teacher, I'll probably be doing some yoga teaching on the road as well. Um, we tend to sort of whatever projects up and going at the time, we'll jump on and um, if that becomes part of our income stream, that's fine. So I think part of being a digital nomad and traveling the world is that you need multiple income streams across multiple um, industries so that you don't um, sort of box yourself into one um, industry or sort of air, niche market because if that niche market disappears well then you don't have any income so and I guess we were fortunate before we started traveling full-time we both worked at home for our in our own businesses anyway so they were that those businesses were set up so we've just basically taken them on the road and prior to leaving Australia um, we sort of take took a really um, um, concerted effort to train our clients in how we were going to communicate with them. So I tended to um, minimize phone calls. Um, and if a client would phone me, which was fine, I would always respond with an email quickly so that they knew that by emailing me, they would get a quicker response perhaps than even phoning. So just so that that would then eliminate the whole time zone issue that I could, um, we could respond to emails at any time of the day and they wouldn't even need to know where we were. We also use Skype and forward our Australian mobile numbers to a Skype number. So it sounds as though we're still in Australia. They're still talking to the same person. So there's a few tricks of the trade that we've employed to um, allow our clients to feel as though they're still dealing with the person, which of course they are, but that we're not just down the street. We're actually on the other side of the world. Awesome, man. Uh, you know, if you're curious to know about your vision forward, obviously you're going to launch the site. Uh, you mentioned the re resettling maybe in places like New Zealand. Uh, you mentioned India, obviously doing your yoga instruction there. Tell us uh, over the next few months and years, what is the future hold for both of you guys? Well, the interesting thing is what we like about this lifestyle is, is that you just never know where you're going to end up. If we thought 12 months ago that we would be sitting here in Palm Springs talking to somebody like yourself, we just would not have believed it. Um, so we're actually booked up with our house sitting till um, in the US and Mexico until Christmas. Um, after that, we've, we've got probably about a month that we haven't got anything set in concrete as yet. Um, so we really don't know. We have got house seats back in Sydney organized for um, April, May next year. Um, that will give us an opportunity to go back and visit family and friends. Um, but there is that gap in the early part of next year that at this stage, we don't know what we'll be doing and where we'll be. The other thing too that this lifestyle has taught us is, or has allowed us to become is minimalist. 
So um, we sort of, you know, we travel with one suitcase each and one carry-on each, and that's basically our worldly possessions, apart from all the stuff that's back in our garage, which we've gradually been selling off every time we've been going back there. So even if we were to set up again, it would be in a very different situation where we probably look at setting up a place that we could Airbnb for, you know, nine months of the year to travel and then maybe live there for three months of the year somewhere in New Zealand, perhaps. Um, but yes, it wouldn't be. So in our house sitting, every house we go into, we're picking up ideas of, oh, we really like that sort of layout or we like that kitchen arrangement or whatever. So um, yeah, so the, the minimalist lifestyle sort of goes hand in hand with the, the house sitting lifestyle. And we definitely don't want to become cluttered again with all the worldly possessions that we had. And we've also adopted a yes approach. So, um, you know, if someone asks us a question and says, would you like to go here? We go, why not? You know, who knows what's, what's going to uh, eventuate. And some of the places that we thought, oh, that's going to be interesting have been some of the places that we've loved the most. So, you know, by adopting a yes and being open, talking to the locals, you really do become enriched and it's not material, it's sort of um, with people and internally, so. Yeah, I, think I could definitely echo so many of your sentiments there, everything from being minimalist. We actually sold a lot of our stuff back in Vancouver, BC, Canada. We only have like five boxes left, and they all have my mom's place in Vancouver. And uh, we're traveling with very little, and it's, it's so liberating uh, not having to worry about stuff. And you realize you don't need stuff. And, uh, you know, I definitely want to echo your whole multiple streams of income thing, too. Yeah, you need that. You need to diversify put your eggs in different baskets and different platforms with different products and different services uh, because you never know what's going to do well and what's not. So, uh, you know, definitely resonate with a lot of what you guys are saying so far. I'm curious to know about uh, the website. It's called Global Wanderers. Uh, tell us about the origin story of the website. When did you launch your blog? And what, what are the major themes and topics that uh, you guys write about? Um, well, we've had the website now for probably about 12 years. And we used to just blog on our yearly um, annual vacations um, so that our friends at home could uh, see what we were doing and where we were up to. So, like, we probably started that even before Facebook was around. Mm. Um, so now it's sort of it's become quite a job to keep on top of it, as you would probably know. There's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes that, you know, doing the photography, setting up the pages, resizing images, all that sort of thing. Um, and again, it, it's a bonus for people that are looking for us as house sitters to, again, see the longevity that we have with our blog as well. Um, like it's, that's something you can't fake. It's just our life on a web page. And um, yeah, we get a lot of feedback from it. And um, and a lot of people have contacted us through our website in a similar situation as yourself, wanting to interview us or, or talk to us, or we've had uh, a two-page newspaper spread done about us in New Zealand. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of putting yourself out there and, uh, and it's helping us and it's helping the people to decide that want to use us for house sitting mm -hmm. and also informing our friends and family what we're up to. Yeah, we find it's great for family and friends, particularly uh, integrated with our Facebook page and that sort of thing, that when we actually do get back to catch up with them face to face, they already know our story of where we've been. So you don't have to have the old 
you know, slide night type thing where you show them all the photos because they already know. And they'll often comment about, oh, you know, I really love those, that cat or, you know, that dog looks so cute or tell us more about this story or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's a great way as a central repository, which is also good for our house sitting in terms of our references because we're using multiple platforms and Facebook and all that sort of thing to get our house sits. We find it's a great way to actually store that in a central location rather than having to send people to five or six different sites to sort of read references and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, it's definitely good to own all that material too because you never know sites can go down or they can uh, you, they can get shut down. Your accounts can be closed. It's good that you keep it all there in terms of the testimonies and references and all those stories as well. Um, so um, to end off here, uh, any tips or advice you give to someone who's maybe watching this interview and they've been super inspired and they wish they could do that and they're dreaming of traveling more, but they just haven't stepped foot outside of their country. They haven't made that big leap that I have or you have or several of our guests I have. Any any advice or tips besides the just do it Nike slogan? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say um, when you said there about people having their wish to do it, it will always remain a wish until you actually do it. Um, and sure, we you know, we sort of jumped in at the deep end when we decided to, you know, pack everything up or sell it off and I think you just got to go with your gut feel that you're being um, projected in the right direction and you just have to put a lot of trust out there that, that everything will work out. That's what we've done um, and so far so good. Mm. One of our favourite quotes from the movie The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel is everything will be all right in the end and if it's not yet all right, it is not yet the end and we sort of use that philosophy as we travel and the other thing that i would say is start local and start small if you're a bit worried um so you know if you want to get into house sitting just house sit in your own city or your own suburb there's always people that are looking for people um with pets and that sort of thing so that will give you a taste it gives you some references you can actually see that it is possible um yeah and then the world's your oyster go for it just do it <laughs> I, I love the just do it. I, I, you know, I kind of play on that term because at the end of the day, it is just about doing it. And uh, you guys have just done it. You guys are the just did it people traveling around the world. And I love that uh, that uh, quote by uh, from the movie as well. Uh, so thanks for your insights here today, guys. Uh, to wrap up, uh, how can people connect with you? What's your website? What's your social media? What's the up upcoming uh, site? Uh, you know, for people who want to do house sitting, uh, tell us more about how people can reach out to you. Yep, so our main website is www.globalwanderers.com and our Facebook profile and um, Instagram is Global Wanderers Oz, O-Z and the upcoming house sitting platform will be Rainbow House Sitters and that is www.rainbowhousesitters.com and you can connect with us, send emails, join our email lists and um, anything on any of those sites. Look forward to hearing from people. It was definitely a pleasure and a joy to have you guys on the show. Thanks for your time over there in the midst of your house sitting in Palm Springs. Uh, we'll definitely catch up with you soon and uh, best of luck with the upcoming project. Great. Great. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thanks very much to you guys too. Uh, so tuning out here live uh, from uh, Banos, Ecuador, I just want to give uh, people who are watching here a glimpse into uh, a view from the room. Uh, so this is Banos, uh, beautiful Ecuador. Uh, we're actually in the midst of a valley. And we're surrounded by beautiful mountains. 
this area is famous for the springs. Uh, so we're actually going to go hit the springs now. But I wanted to show everyone a bit of the glimpse there to make people jealous and to inspire people to come here in South America. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm from Vancouver, of Indian origin. I'm here in Ecuador traveling with my family. Uh, our our uh, interviewers, today, uh, the people we're interviewing today, the couple are Andrew and Christopher. They're from Australia and they're in Palm Springs. And, you know, we've literally interviewed uh, over 250 guests. So if you're dreaming or wishing, just like Christopher said, stop wishing and start doing. And, you know, if, if they can do it and I can do it and uh, literally thousands of people around the world can do it, so can you. So thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery. Make sure you check out our, our guest website called Global Wanderers and uh, Rainbow House Sitters. I'll have those links below so you'll be able to click through on the YouTube video and also on the iTunes. They'll be right on the show notes. So thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery live with Andrew and Christopher from Global Wanderers and live with Ricky Shetty from daddyblogger.com and also from digitalnomadmastery.com. We'll catch you in the next episode. Happy travels, everyone.